Hi everyone, it's Christina and this is episode four of Diva Dialogues. In this episode, I have a chance to talk with a dear friend of mine who has grown into her position of being an assistant principal of a middle school. I am so impressed of how she has led her staff and students with a relationships first approach to help them stay connected and together through the many changes they had to go through during COVID closure. Let's join in and let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Diva Dialogues. Today, I have a dear friend of mine. Her name is Kristen, and she is a principal at a middle school. Kristen, thank you so much for for joining us today on Diva Dialogues. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So can you please tell the listeners a a brief story about your educator journey and how it led you to where you are right now? Sure. I did my undergraduate work at Shippensburg University, and then I student taught at one of the elementary schools in the Central Dolphin School District, um, Lingletown Elementary. And then from there, I accepted a third grade position at Paxtang Elementary, which is on the east side of Central Dolphin, um, one of the elementary schools. And I was a third grade teacher for a few years. And then um, due to furloughs, I was moved to fourth grade at Paxtang Elementary. And then during my 10th year of teaching, um, I was in, um, I got the job of an assistant principal at Swatera Middle School, which is <clears throat> our middle school that uh, our Paxtang Elementary students go to. Um, so I've been there since for this is my fourth year at Swatera Middle School as one of the assistant principals. Wow. It's been four years. That went by so fast. I know. Yeah. Just so the listeners know, um, that's how I came to know Kristen, teaching at the same elementary school. So we've become really, really great friends. And I'm so excited to see her grow in her educator journey. And I'm glad that she's here today. Thank you. Yeah. So let's talk about how things have changed. I mean, I'm sure that your role as a principal has completely changed because I know you, you are such a hands-on educator. Like you are all about the relationships with, with, with your staff and with students. And I'm sure that this abrupt change has really changed the way that you've been interacting and supporting your, your students and staff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So on the day that um, we found out about the whole virtual learning, it was actually a um, in-service day for our teachers, and it was supposed to be held as a district-wide um, in-service, but the day before, our superintendent changed it and had all teachers go to their buildings. So I would like to say I work with an amazing administrative team with the head principal, then one other assistant principal, and we really work well together. So um, we really didn't know when we woke up on March 13th what the day was really going to bring. Um, But I just remember the day before and the week before just watching what was happening on in the world and really seeing how schools were changing, Um, maybe not in our country, but throughout the world, and then thinking about how how is this going to affect our um, our school? And my mom is a superintendent. So hearing, you know, what she was being told also gave a um, much more wider aspect and view than just what was going to happen inside our building. So on the morning of um, March 13th, we knew 
that uh, Pedro Riviera was going to speak at 10 a.m. So as administrators, we wanted to hear what he was going to say, see if he had any announcement for us. Um, he really didn't have any uh, exact information for us. So after hearing from him, we met with our teachers. Now, we knew we shouldn't really get together um, as a whole staff just to bring everybody together. So we um, announced over the intercom for all of our teachers to look for an email that would give them a Zoom link. Um, and then we went live. We had a live virtual meeting where everybody in the building from secretaries, paraprofessionals, um, custodians, and then teachers, we asked to get on this live session. So we informed them of what we did know and all of the unknowns that we really didn't know, but we wanted to start preparing. And I think at Swatera Middle School, we are always trying to um, come up with a solution and not worry yeah. about all the problems. So um, the one, you know, we asked teachers what questions they had. Um, and then the one thing we immediately did is we had a Google Doc that had um, each teacher's name. And we asked them, if for some reason we do not come back to school on Monday, how are mm. we going to communicate with our kids? And on that Google Doc, um, before the end of the day, the teachers had to provide a link. Some teachers um, just provided a link that was just their website and they, um, you know, they could post information there. Other teachers posted yeah. Google Classroom links or they were using Canvas already throughout the um, school year. So they posted those Canvas links. So those are some of the things that we started immediately um, at, when we really didn't know. And then at three o'clock, we had a uh, administration meeting with our superintendent and at that time, that's when Governor Wolf announced that uh, schools will be closed for two weeks. Yeah. And then the yeah. topic was, well, what do we do? And your question of, you know, being with students and families and teachers, like, how does my role change? A lot of it stayed the same, as crazy as that may hmm. sound. Um, yeah, we weren't together in person, but uh, the way that we can communicate that we may not been able to 10 years ago from now, um, we are. So we offer that support consistently with our teachers. Um, so I really haven't seen it as a big hurdle, not seeing them in person. Yes, I miss our students and I miss our yeah. teachers, but we've been able to overcome all of those obstacles. Yeah, well, that's that's great to hear how you were proactive instead of reactive in that like you knew that it was coming and you started asking questions already how are you going to stay in touch with your students so you already had some format and plan right away I think March 13th is going to be a day that we're all going to remember like that's the day when things shut down and I can speak for the elementary part that, yeah, same thing. We were, we were supposed to have in service. And then all of a sudden we're like, we need to get stuff together for our kids thinking that we were going to see them that following Monday. And yeah, it really threw us off, but wow. I'm, I'm sure that your staff um, appreciates how forward thinking you were um, and not panicked as much as some schools and areas were at that point in time. Um. You did say that that the relationship still continued, even though um, you were closed. And that's what I, I, I'm thinking that technology has played a big role in that so that we can stay, stay connected. Uh, I can't imagine if this happened 10 years ago when we were just getting used to email. This would have been even more challenging than it is right now in the 21st century. 
Um, okay, so you were talking to us about how you had a plan for two weeks, but then we all know there was that moment where we got word that we were closed indefinitely. That was not expected at all. So can you tell us about how, how that uh, shifted in, in your mindset and your planning for you and your staff? Because uh, we were all thinking, oh, two weeks and we're going to be back. But then two weeks turning into indefinitely. Can you speak to how that shifted for you? Absolutely. So when we were announced that we were going to be out of school for two weeks, um, we were told that, you know, we're going to offer enrichment and continued learning um, opportunities for the students to, you know, just stay, stay connected um, with the learning. So at this time, we asked whatever platform the teachers listed on that March 13th, their website, Google Classroom or um, Canvas to, um, to post materials that students can work on. So some teachers, all of our teachers did that. You know, some was very basic. Um, it was just posted on their website. And then some of our teachers really flourished. And when I say that, I mean that they really, um, they started posting a bunch of stuff on their Google Classroom and Canvas page. And some teachers did take this opportunity to connect with their kids by using um, com- can, um, conferences in Canvas mm-hmm. and then um, Zoom. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say that they were really teaching at this time. Um, they were doing more uh, social emotional check-in, just connecting mm-hmm. with the students, making sure, you know, did they need anything? Also at this yeah. time is when some of our students may have not had um, devices. So as a district, they started, um, the IT department started sending out surveys to find out, do we do, does your family need Chromebooks or any other kind of device and also um, opportunities for you to get internet um, if maybe you couldn't uh, afford it? So, um, you know, as administrators, we started co- with the IT department, we started collecting Chromebooks throughout the district. Um, I know they purchased more in addition to that. And then we started passing them out. Um, we did this on weekends and during the weekday just to make sure that we could um, get these devices to all of our students that needed it. So that's kind of what was happening um, as on a district level. And we also were working together to just provide resources for teachers um, that we could provide. And then that went out as a district. Um, at Switzerra Middle School, we, um, we recognize that we may not be going back into the classroom. So what do we do next? So um, we, we looked at all of our teachers and those teachers who did not have a Google Classroom or Canvas page created, um, we narrowed it down and it was less than 15 of over 50 teachers. So, wow. Yeah, it was amazing how many teachers took it upon themselves to either learn it or find it from a couple years ago or just continue from what they had in the classroom. So um, yeah. with that small group of teachers, we um, gave a mandatory um, meeting that they had to attend via Zoom. And um, I led that for the teachers to teach them how to use Google Classroom or Canvas. So um, another teacher assisted because she was more of an expert with Canvas. And I understand Google Classroom because fortunately, I use Google Classroom as a fourth grade teacher in the district when I um, taught. So yeah, um, we were able to provide like a snapshot of each platform and we allow the teachers to choose. Um, we try to show the positives of each 
Um, and then the teachers chose and they used those two weeks to really build their virtual platform, their virtual classroom. So um, along with those two weeks, we had a lot of um, assistance and facilitating teachers because it was just an unknown. Whereas other teachers, they've been using this in their classrooms. So they really became yeah. experts. And I think this is a great time where our teachers came together as a um, building because some teachers just um, offer their own professional development and offer times um, to come and get Q&As for Canvas. Um, same with Google Classroom. Then they also offered opportunities to learn about different um, websites that would make teaching online a lot easier for both them and the students. Um, yeah. So we offered a, a good week every day. There was some kind of professional development um, that was either led by administrators or teachers. And you really saw our teachers come together. So yes, virt or, you know, we weren't together in the classroom, but we were virtually. And I think at some points we were together more. Yeah. So I just, I really think that was a great opportunity. And then we also um, had to start thinking about how, how are we still meeting all of our students' needs? We have such a high population oh, yeah. of learning support and, um, English language learners and how do we um, differentiate our instruction virtually just like in the classroom. So um, together we created a professional development on this and we really didn't want to um, create a faculty meeting just to do this. So what we did is made I made a video and um, then posted it in Edpuzzle and asked questions for the teachers to answer and we gave them a week to um, to complete this professional development. And I think that's so important because there's so many changes going on in their families, their immediate families. They may have kids, they may be taking care of um, somebody elderly in their family, or they may have any circumstance. And we really have been very cautious and uh, mindful of that, of how yeah. to, to meet our teachers' needs, but also think that maybe at 10 o'clock at night when your house is quiet, it's better to you know, do their schoolwork then when their kids are up and trying to do their own coursework. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had conversations with your staff members about, about maintaining their own personal SEL, especially teachers going through this? I mean, I know, I know uh, schools really focus on, on our student SEL, which is wonderful and we need to, but um, has there been conversations among maybe you and the other principals and checking in on your staff and, you know, how are they doing with their well-being? Yeah. So as us three administrators, we talk um, daily, um, multiple times a day. Um, if it's through email, text messages, phone calls, Zoom, yeah. and, and we really um, separated our teachers in a way that we could focus on um, just like a set of them for each of us, but then also as a whole. Okay. So um, we never did it in big and large groups as in like singling anybody out. Um, I know our head principal um, really tried to really show her appreciation and our appreciation of how much um, we really appreciate all the teachers, um, what they're doing. But we also know some of our teachers were struggling a little bit. Um, and, yeah. you know, we touched base with them on an, on our own level, you know, talking to them independently. So, you know, we're here for them, you know, and, yeah. and some of our teachers have experienced a lot of grief during this time and just really remembering that um, and maybe 
changing the expectation a little bit for them because of their time, because I would hope somebody would do that for me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Cause yeah. Cause like I said, I mean, our, our students are, are important, but we need to remember to make sure that everyone is doing good and, and, and maintaining. And, and I'm glad that you brought up the point of adjusting the expectation, um, adjusting the expectation. I know that as we teachers, we've adjusted our, our expectation for our students because we know there's so many factors that are out of their control. And so I think I speak for all teachers that we appreciate you administrators and adjusting your expectations of us because we're also trying to work out uh, our jobs with our families too. So that's great that you guys considered that. Um, how are things going in terms of trying to close out the school year? You, your school has a class of eighth graders getting ready to go into the high school. And, and I know that this is the time of year where there are the end of the year traditions and awards and graduations. Um, but we know we've had to adapt that in some way to keep everyone safe. So, so what are some things that your school is doing for for your students to kind of close out the year and still keep them motivated for next year, forward thinking. So for our eighth graders, um, right before March 13th occurred, um, we were getting ready for um, them to do course selections for their freshman year in high school. Um, Dr. Rawls usually comes into our building and works with our social studies teachers and our school counselors to do this, but we weren't able to do this in person. So our school counselors immediately started working with the school counselors at the high school and the administrators over there. And um, I would have to say East High was amazing at this. They turned everything virtually. But our biggest thing is we had to communicate this to teacher or to the teachers and then also the parents and the students. Um, so we really worked close. Mrs. Our head principal sent out um, emails explaining what was going on. Um, we noticed that our social studies classes for eighth grade had a really high attendance rate. So we did, um, we had Dr. Rawls and the other um, principal, assistant principals over at East High and the school count and our school counselors go into the social studies classes and talk about um, course selection and what exactly do they need. And then our, yeah. um, the homeroom teachers are what we call academic advisors. Um, reached out to their students and gave the suggestion of what they should take for next year. Um, this took a lot of communication, clear communication, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just like a lot of support with the students. Um, then we had, they had to fill out like a Google form to do their course selections. And it really turned out well. Now, yes, we didn't reach all of our students. So we had our secretaries um, call the families that did not um, did not do the course selections. And then what they were able to tell the families were that our school counselors were offering Zoom sessions to help the students. And that, and that gradually got everybody done. Um, we had less than, I believe, 15 kids that all but those 15 did their course selections um, by the deadline. And then the school counselors were just able to help those last students do it. So that was one of our challenges that we hit kind of right out right away with um, the students advancing to high school. How do they choose the correct classes? Yeah. So then our instruction continued. Um, and now towards the end of the school year, 
um, us three administrators, we are thinking like normally we have a field day. Normally we have move up day where we bring in the fifth graders twice. Um, one time led by the school counselors and another time led by us administrators. And then all students move up for the day. So I know our health and PE department, they're working on holding a virtual field day um, for the end of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's exciting that the um, students will be involved in. And we are going to, um, our school counselors are working with the elementary school counselors on um, providing a video to meet the sixth grade teachers and also a question and answer session, which will be held through Zoom the last week in May um, that any current fifth graders can attend so they can um, you know, ask any of the questions they, they want. And also in the video, they'll see what our building looks like. Oh, yeah, wow. and we're going to okay. use footage in the video from when students were in our building. So it's not so plain. You know, yeah, dim and grim and yeah. so depressing. Like and then the now. last the last wow. week of June, we're going to hold a move up day where our or the last week of school, which is the first week of June. Um, we're going to hold that move up day where the um, teachers will just or the students will just get to meet next year's teachers. And it's just a simple um, procedure that I know we used to do at Paxton, also that you just learn about yeah. the teachers, you know, what am I going to learn in each subject area? What are some fun things we do in our grade level? Um, and it's just, it, it will be doing that virtually through Zoom on that last week of school. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we, we're also doing something um, similar to where there there's actually a, a time, it's actually during the evening hours for students to hop onto Zoom to meet their teachers for next year to have that conversation. And, and that's great. I mean, there's so much coordination happening. That is incredible. And I'm so glad that, that you mentioned clear, clear communication. Uh, you can easily just send out an email and say, hey, I told you, but that clarity part is very important. And it sounds like you and your staff are doing a fantastic job of being very clear to get everybody on board, finding the gaps, and putting people on to make sure that everyone gets the information and, and is able to move forward. So, wow, that's incredible. Um, talk to me about how have the students been, how have they been responding to this change? I mean, middle school students, I applaud any teacher who teaches children who are going through that major hormonal shift <laughs> but how are they responding to the distance learning? Yeah, so just like in the classroom, um, we talk a lot about relationships and just how important that is. Um, really, if a student doesn't trust you, it's going to be hard that they learn from you. Um, so yeah. really, our, our teachers were very, it was very good that they could build those relationships with the students um, before all of this happened. So, you know, our plan after when we learned that okay, the two weeks are up and we're going to start teaching our kids is we are going to teach our kids. Um, so as administrators, yeah. we came up, you know, we had a lot of discussion. We stayed up late at night trying to figure out how are we going to do this? How are we going to make it the best for our students? And what we came up with is our teachers need to teach live. Um, our kids need to interact with our, our teachers and, and that's what we're going to do. So what we did as a building is we created a schedule for each of our grades where the, um, the way this worked is um, a core class, which in middle school 
is their English, science, social studies, and math, and then a reading class. Um, all of that, except for reading, was is being taught twice a week. So just for example, it may be Mondays and Wednesdays. And then each day that mm-hmm. they're taught, each um, each day that they're taught, they're taught something different. Um, but then for Mondays, when they teach, they have a morning and afternoon session. Now, those two sessions are exactly okay. the same, you know, so whatever they're teaching in the morning, they're going to teach in the afternoon. And the reason that we wanted to provide the two different opportunities is because we know life isn't normal at home. Um, so we just yes. wanted to give the, the students and families the opportunity to choose. They can do a morning or afternoon session. So um, the kids really have three classes that they can take every day. Um, 12 o'clock ended up being, um, for the majority of the classes, a creative arts, health, PE, or health or PE class for each grade level. So um, we created this master schedule just like we would do in the um, brick and mortar school. And we presented it to our teachers and we asked, like, what did we miss? You know, talk to us. What what are some issues with happening here? And and we heard teachers and we made a few changes. And then from there, we created a um, a master letter that would go out to every student that um, provided the virtual platform classroom. So if it was the links for the Google Classroom or the Canvas page, and this was for their core classes, creative arts and health and PE. So parents and students had one area to look. Um, and then we realized that um, our science or social studies teachers are our teachers that teach all of our students because sometimes our learning support and English language learners get pulled out. Um, for their service in mm-hmm. classrooms. So we had a science or social studies teacher from each team send this massive communication. And we also realized that with our, um, you know, our parents, some of the feedback we were receiving is maybe they were getting too much communication at the beginning because there were so many different yeah. teachers um, sending stuff. So yeah. we really want to mainstream that. So, you know, unless there is a particular issue, we wanted one flow, one email coming a week from our teachers. So we sent this, um, this master schedule um, for, e- you know, the science or social studies teacher for the team sent it out just for their students. And then um, it w- and this was an awesome idea of one of the sixth grade teachers. And every teacher in the mm-hmm. building took on this. Um, on a weekly basis, the teachers have a Google slide, which they turn into a newsletter. So every teacher that teaches for that um, team updates their slide. It, it provides their live link, oh, wow. their um, virtual platform link, and then any announcements that the kids may need for that week. So this really mainstreamed all of our communication for that team. So the parents knew or the kids know I just need to look at that newsletter and all the information for this upcoming week is going to be posted. And now um, some of our teams, you know, send it out different times. It's either sent out on Fridays or Monday morning um, for the kids to get started. So those were ways that we were able to, um, you know, change it, but, but really help parents and kids. So our, since, the end of March until now, so almost two months, our teacher or our teachers have been teaching live sessions. Yes, our teachers are using a variety of different um, resources. Um, some are using Nearpod, some are using just the whiteboard, some are using mm-hmm. Google Slides, whatever way that they can um, teach the lesson. And then they usually use a fun activity such as Gim Kid or Kahoot um, 
or there's so many different options that the kids can, you know, do a little review or get that quick formative assessment, but they're learning for a solid 30 to 45 minutes um, for each of their classes a week, um, the twice a week, unless it's the reading or creative arts and health and PE. And, and this really, I believe is how we are, we've been able to stay connected with our kids because they're, you know, they're able to talk to our teachers. They they can see each other. And this is the way our teachers have been able to really check in with the kids. They've noticed, you know, somebody's struggling or this kid hasn't logged in at all. So that's when we bring in, they, they let us as administrators know, that's when we let the school counselors know, um, we make phone calls, um, and just try to help our, help our students and families. Wow. It sounds like your, your staff has really come together to be that solid foundation for your kids to rely on during all of this. And and I just thank you for that. That's incredible. Um, how have your how have your numbers been with participation? I mean, ha- have you seen it fluctuate? Has it been steady and strong? Have you seen it waning since we're going towards the yeah, end so of the year? Yeah, so our teachers, um, we have a Google um, doc that, you know, the teachers have a live attendance sheet to fill out every week. Um, so we're ready to provide that information to um, our superintendent and assistant superintendent, but also just to look at. So we really do look at that um, to determine if we need to contact any of our students. You know, that's where we've been able to see um where do some of our students need help? It may just be a resource that they don't have, or it may be some other underlining issues going on. But we really have seen a really yeah. high participation um, percentage. Now, at the beginning of May, we saw a drop, but it picked right back up. Um, so it may just been an off week for our kids, but we really have seen a high yeah. participation level. And it's I really can tribute that to us being live. I think if we would just post um, assignments, you know, or just um, websites for our kids to go on to, that starts to be hard and hard for our students and parents. Yes. Um, But we're here teaching where our teachers are doing an amazing job of um, helping our students and, and continuing what we would have continued in the brick and mortar school. Wow. That's fantastic. And you said it earlier that, it, and, and, and it shows with the response of your students, that you and your staff have, have, have established great, great relationships with your students. And I honestly think that that's also a result to your high engagement. I don't think that you would see that high engagement if your students did not feel as if you and your staff care about them. So, wow. Well, Kristen and any Spatera staff member, just thank you for all, all, that, all that you're doing for our kids because all of my kids come to you guys. That's so right. that's good to know. Um, new thought or mindset have you come across during this that you feel that you're going to carry with you into the next school year? if we do go back to the physical learning well, space again? I think I have a couple of different answers to this. Um, one is really, mm-hmm. I think our teachers are going to be so much more prepared to have a blended learning um, environment in their classroom, you know, where they do use um, the, 
the computers and then they do use paper and pencil. So I think this opportunity has given our teachers to become so much more advanced than what they would have been in the, um, you know, in, in the regular school year. And a lot of our teachers have recognized that. Yeah. Um, and as an administrator and assistant principal, I just think always being an instructional leader um, that hasn't changed since we were in the building to now, it's just, you know, what resources and how do we support our teachers and how do we continue to have that open communication with our teachers? And um, it's just, you have to adapt to your surroundings. And instead of wasting time complaining, you find solutions and you think outside the box and you really do what's always in the best interest of the kids. And it may be hard as adults for the change. Um, although I, I would have to say, I really, our teachers really didn't fight us on this. They were really, really supportive. Um, I believe because they knew this was best for kids too, but just always doing what's right for kids. And um, that hasn't changed for me. Yeah. Um, just your thought process, You, we always have to change. Um, you know, a caterpillar will never become a butterfly if it doesn't change. And I just think about that a lot. Um, so I think just continuing to offer the professional development, I think for our new teachers, they're going to come in and not, um, not have had this experience with them actually teaching unless they were doing it student teaching and to make sure that we keep them caught up with um, the technology. And I think also making sure we keep teachers updated with the technology that, um, you know, that's new and coming. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, just always being there to support our teachers. It just looks different, maybe if we see them every day or if we see them virtually um, and being that support yeah. to be true instructional leaders where we're giving them those resources that they need so they can flourish with our kids. That's great, Kristen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so <laughs> supportive. <laughs> Thank you. you. I think yeah. um, another big part of it is also yeah. to keep our growing um, going, you know, like uh, this weekend, I spent time with a principal and uh, watching one of his professional development. I watched Dr. Sessoms um, do a session on mental health. And it's just really important to um, to stay connected of what's going on, not just in our bubble and in our building, and in our school district, but in our country yes. and in our world and what are people coming up with? I, I'm um, on a principal Facebook page and it's amazing to see what's going on throughout the world um, and how. So I feel like this has given me a step up because I can see, you know, what's going on in China and um, other countries. And now a month later, what's happening with us? And it's the same thing. But, um, you know, how are they? How, what are they doing? What worked? What didn't? And, and principals are real honest in that group. And Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to piggyback off of you. Um, I, I can say for myself that e even though I, I'm, I'm busy teaching my students and teaching my daughter, this has been a great opportunity to see what other educators and schools are doing through their webinars. Um, I've been going to one um, sponsored by a, a Teach for America and also uh, ICLE. It's called School Leader Virtual lunch and learns and they're only about a, about an hour long too so that's another resource that i've been looking at and it, if you look onto uh linkedin there's always something being offered i know that eric uh Scheniger, he's been offering a lot of great uh courses ju just to talk about how remote learning 
can look and still be effective and 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 his, his tips are so practical in that um so so before we close out though something a little fun for you um during this closure what are a couple of things about three things that have been keeping you sane during quarantine it sounds like you've been super busy with supporting your staff and your students but other than that you know what have you been doing to keep you grounded, to keep you energized, to keep you sane during this time? Yeah. So the first couple of um, weeks, you know, I just kind of fell out of a routine in a sense of schedule. So I quickly realized that just that wasn't working for myself or my family. Um, So we really created a schedule um, for everything. You know, um, I noticed that I need a little bit of me time to start out the day. So that that begins with a workout um, that just kind of clears my head, gets my head ready for the day. Um, and then really spending time with my family, because although there is a lot of um, crazy things and sad things happening in the world and the all the unknowns and the anxiety that may be happening, I'm trying to focus on I'm, I'm able to spend this time with my husband and my two kids that I wouldn't have been able to do. So yeah, maybe I'm working at 10 o'clock at night, which I do anyways during the school year. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, there's the times that I am able to be home with, you know, and take a 30 minute break or um, take those daily walks with my family. So I just really think connecting stronger with my family um, during this time has just really been um, a great outlet for me. And I know you said not to involve school, you know, but really, um, I love joining the live sessions when our teachers are teaching, um, and our kids are interacting because it's, I love seeing kids and I love seeing them learn and interact and be themselves. And I can still see that. So, um, I do love that still. So yeah, on a personal level, you know, the working out and being with my family and just trying to be outside, um, but also staying connected and seeing people and being in meetings that happen throughout the week. So I can do those check-ins with the teachers. That that also um, makes me feel good too, connecting to somebody outside my house. Yeah. Yeah, outside <laughs> your house, that's for sure. So, <laughs> you know, all of that keeps you be sane um, and just, um, try to find the positives out of everything that's happening right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what is the first thing you will do when quarantine is over? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing I will do is go be with um, my parents, my extended yeah. family, because this is um, the hardest time for them not seeing my kids and their grandkids and, you know, just not being able to be with them. Um and not just being able to go to the grocery store. We don't go to the grocery store. We get it delivered. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, being able to just forget one item like vanilla extra yeah. and go get that. Um, I think those small things, although I think we've been able to appreciate the small things during this time too. So, um, you know, I just, I really think being um, going to see extended family is going to be what I look forward to the most. Absolutely. And ha- and have that nice family home cooked meal, not by you. Exactly. Or someone else. <laughs> and a cookout. I- yes, a good cookout. cookout. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Well, Kristen, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And like I said before, I've said it a couple of times through this whole recording. I just applaud you for just being that school leader who is putting relationships first with your staff and your students. And because that's 
that's that has to be the main foreground that has to be in place during all of this. So thank you and to everyone all that all that you're doing for our Swatera kids. I appreciate it. And I would like to say um, one last final thought is, you know, when we worked as uh, PAX team together, this is this is all we knew. Um, we had such a great group of teachers um, that we we were a family and we were a family for our kids. And I think um, learning from you, along with some of the other teachers that were there before I was like, that's all we knew. So this is all we know now too, you know, yeah. we bond together. We, when we have issues, it's just like a family, we figure it out and we don't let anybody know about our issues. We find solutions yep. and um, we keep it moving. So I just really appreciate all that support I received as a, a new teacher from you. Um, oh, thank you. When I started. So thank you. Oh, that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Chris. All right. I'll text you later, guys. All right, All right. Bye. <laughs> and that's an episode of Diva Dialogues. Thank you again for, for listening in to my conversation with Kristen. Well, that's another episode of Diva Dialogues. For more information about our guests and the resources they shared, please go to theclassroomdigitaldiva.com to the podcast page. If you are in the education field and would like to share how COVID-19 has affected your practice, please fill out a form on the Contact Us page at theclassroomdigitaldiva.com. Thanks again for listening. Be well and stay safe.